Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. We have ignition and liftoff. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will and I want to say thank you to all of the space cadets out there for all the continued support. And the best way to support this podcast is to continue to listen to this podcast. That's the best way. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you can find your podcasts, you can subscribe to the Space News. So that being said, I want to say that we have a website too, spacenewspodcast.com. Along with these podcasts, I write articles and it's just getting going. So there's not much on there yet, but if you want to check it out, spacenewspodcast.com. I wanted to share something kind of funny with you today. There is an astronaut in space aboard the space station. And this guy, Andre Kuipers, dialed 911. He's a Dutch astronaut. And if you're not from the United States, 911 is our emergency number. So if something's going really wrong, you call 911. Uh, fire and a car accident, you know, something bad like that, you call 911. And he called it from the space station. So in a recent interview, he talked about contact with Earth. Kuiper said that. It is nowadays possible to communicate from the space station via the satellite about 70% of the time while you're up there. Even when he was in space, he occasionally called to Earth to say hello to someone, for example. And there are some practical difficulties, including the big delay on the line. So there's a little bit of lag between the space station and Earth because there's, you know, it has to bounce around a little bit to get back down here. And he said, sometimes people were hanging up the phone because they thought I did not say anything. So later on, I started to talk as soon as I had dialed the number. And these connections are made via satellite to the Johnson Space Center in NASA or at NASA in Houston. And that's one of the reasons why the call went wrong. Uh, Kuiper said, if you're in space, it's like you're making a call via Houston. First, you dial the nine for an outside line and then zero one one for an international line, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, so, yes, you float and you have to type it in on the screen. I make a mistake. And the next day I received an email message. Did you call 911? I missed the zero. And indeed, there was a report at the Houston Alarm Center. Something happened in the Johnson Space Center. Security arrived and they went to the room where the call came from. But there was nothing. There was no one on the ground. But there was a line where the space station came in. It was a little disappointed that they had not come upstairs. So basically, this astronaut tried to dial an international number. He dialed nine first and then he tried to dial zero one one and he missed the zero and just dialed nine one one. So uh, rescue teams and things 
came to Johnson Space Center and tried to uh, alleviate the problem when there was actually no problem. He just he just uh, fat fingered it, basically. So I thought that was a pretty funny human like story from space. And I found that on Reddit. So reddit.com slash r slash space. Thank you, Reddit, for sharing this. And the user that shared this, let's see who this was. This was from Lobster Boy. Thank you for sharing that. That's a pretty awesome story. So from the space station, let's go all the way to Jupiter. Jupiter's moon Io has a little spacecraft that flies around it. And it did a flyby on December 21st. It's the 17th flyby of Jupiter. And while it flew by Io, it noticed something really cool. A volcanic plume happened. Now, this Jovian moon is the most volcanic body in our solar system. And Juno had some instruments on it that helped look at these volcanic plumes. And one of them was the Juno cam, the stellar reference unit, the Jovian infrared auroral mapper, the gyram, and the ultraviolet imaging spectrograph, the UVS. They observed Io for over an hour. And it provided a glimpse of the moon's polar regions, as well as evidence of an active eruption. So this was happening when the spacecraft was flying by. This wasn't something that they, uh, you know, kind of figured out from a distance. It was close to this moon. And it just so happened to, to go off when the spacecraft flew by. And Juno Cam acquired the first images on December 21st at 12 o'clock, 12.15, and 12.20 coordinated universal time before Io enters Jupiter's shadow. And these images show the moon half illuminated with a bright spot seen just beyond the Terminator, which is the daylight boundary. And at 12.40 UTC, this is after Io had went into the darkness of total eclipse behind Jupiter, sunlight reflecting from nearby moon Europa helped to illuminate Io in the plume. SRU images released by SWRI depict Io softly illuminated by moonlight from Europa. And the brightest feature on Io in the image is thought to be a penetrating radiation signature. And Heidi Becker, who's the lead of Juno's radiation monitoring investigation in NASA's JPL, said, As a low-light camera designed to track the stars, the SRU can only observe Io under very dim-lit conditions. And now these latest images can lead to new insights into the gas giant's interactions with its five moons, causing volcanic activity or freezing of the moon's atmosphere during the eclipse. Um, Gyram recently documented Io's volcanic activity before and also after the eclipse. And we've known about Io's volcanoes for a while. Um, NASA's Voyager spacecraft in 1979 first discovered them. And Io's gravitational interaction with Jupiter drives the moon's volcanoes, which emit huge blooms of SO2 gas and produce extensive, uh, lava fields on Io. So we've known about these things for a while, but this is the latest case. These are the latest images that have come back from Juno. And it's just, it's remarkable what these spacecraft can send back to Earth. And, you know, we know what else is remarkable? You guys. 
listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for all the support and continue supporting the podcast just by listening to it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your support. Thank you so much. And from the mothership, my name is Will, and this has been the Space News Podcast. I will see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.